Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cocciolillo, and today we have Sarah Parker Thomas. Not to be confused with Sarah Jessica Parker. That almost uh, <laughs> got me on that one. And uh, she is a expert on Reiki and different healing modalities, and uh, she's written a whole bunch of interesting books. And uh, she also has a lot of stuff on her website, SarahKaParkerThomas.com. Thank you for coming on today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So what got you into uh, Reiki and healing? Well, okay, I guess we should start at the beginning. Always at the beginning. Um, Yeah, at the beginning is a good place. I I think um, one of my favorite quotes is um, from Tesla. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And I think that kind of sums up Reiki for me in such an elegant way. Um, Finding Reiki was a game changer for me. I've always been able to to sense energy. But as a child, (laughs) I really thought it was a curse more than a blessing, Mm -hmm. you know. So I was fortunate enough to encounter teachers who believed that learning about crystals, herbs and meditation and energy were just as important as math and history. So then as a young adult, I, I, you know, left, left the healing modality world and went out into the world trying to be quote unquote normal. And I suffered the same problems as my coworkers and friends, stress related headaches, upset stomach, allergies, aches and pains, acid reflux, you know, the banes of modern life. But I watched how they dealt with these, these issues and they went to the doctor and they, um, you know, took meds and I treated it differently. I turned to essential oils and crystals and drank herbal tea and focused on these types of remedies. Mm-hmm. So about, I've, I've always looked for natural, non-invasive treatments for health issues, but I always felt like something was missing. Like there was a piece that I hadn't found yet that would put all of this together in a congruent way. And fast forward a few years, um, got married, settled down, you know, and um, my husband died in an accident. Oh, no. So my world fell apart. Yeah, he was here one minute and then he was just gone the next. Just, it was horrible. Yeah, that's right. All our dreams for the future were gone. Just, I was devastated. And the grief was crippling. So after some months, a friend suggested that I take Reiki classes to help me work through the pain and grief. And I didn't know what Reiki was, and I'd never had a treatment or or anything. So I went online and I read up on it (laughs) and became more and more intrigued as I did. The information I came across made Reiki seem almost too good to be true. People were reporting almost miraculous cures for migraines, high blood pressure, chronic pain, depression, you know, you name it. So (laughs) believe it or not, I'm, I'm really a big skeptic. Right. I, yeah, I, I can feel energy, mm-hmm. but I always took that to be something more like alternative healing that was like ancient medicine or ancient knowledge that was lost. It was something, you know, people used to do. They used to take herbs 
they used to practice color therapy and sound therapy long before modern medicine. So I, I thought of Reiki as something new. And I wasn't really sure that that, that was going to be very effective. Mm-hmm. So I kept reading <laughs> and researching Reiki. And I did find some scientific clinical studies on Reiki that also showed amazing results. So that, that you know, that piqued my interest. And I thought, why not? So I took classes and I learned about Reiki. And I'll just briefly tell you what Reiki is. Okay. Um, but I'm sure most people know <laughs> Reiki is a Japanese energy healing technique. And the form that's practiced in the United States today dates back to the teaching of Isui Sensei, from, who was born in 1865. So it's not that new, like it didn't come about in the 70s or anything. Um, it's an energetic healing system that treats the whole individual, not just the symptoms. So Reiki is somewhat different also from other healing modalities and that it's symbol driven. So through energy manipulation, it works to bring the body back into balance. And it does this by using unlimited universal life force energy, which I know sounds really kind of like a broad concept, but we're all made of energy. Energy is all around us. Mm -hmm. Energy never goes away. It just changes into something else. So Reiki works well with, other healing modalities too. So whether that is massage, herbal teas, crystals, aromatherapy, or modern Western medicine, it works very well with. So it was it was that missing piece I think I was looking for. And it helped me through the grief. And it also, like I say, filled in some of those missing holes on what I thought or felt was missing in, um, in healing. I love the fact too, that anyone can learn Reiki. You don't have to be born with a special talent. It's not religious. There's no dogma you have to follow. It's, it's pretty straightforward. And there is only one side effect to Reiki. And what's that side effect? And that (laughs) it's happiness. Ah, that's a good side effect. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a really different approach to healing, and it, it by looking at the whole person or the whole body, we look at not just your symptoms, but your what's going on in your life. How how's your diet? How stressed are you at work? What kind of past trauma are you carrying? And the energy works on the body in such an elegant way that we don't have to micromanage it. Because it's smarter than we are. So one of the side effects of Reiki is almost a spiritual detox. Um, And I never thought in a million years that that Reiki would become my vocation because I wasn't on this path at all. But actually, Reiki was a life-altering experience for me. So when you're attuned to Reiki, and that's how you learn, you you go to an accredited teacher who attunes you to the energy, and then you carry it with you. So you go through a level of classes. When you go through the level one, you're attuned, and you go through a 21-day detox period. And that was just what I needed. That's what I needed for the grief. That's what I needed for my life in general. And talk about a detox. It was really powerful. Um it actually had such a profound effect on me that I created a workbook for new folks out there because a lot of times we don't connect to our Reiki teacher again until we're ready to move on. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are kind of out there um, 
it, like I say, it integrated well with what I knew anyway. And as I went through this detox period and worked on my spiritual path and got clear on what I wanted and started taking better care of myself, started meditating, started being more in charge of my life. The other thing that happened was my spiritual abilities or my psychic intuitive abilities really started opening up. So it was a byproduct of it. And the book, Spiritual Reiki, was kind of um, an offshoot of that to kind of help people move forward in that direction if they were interested in opening their third eye or learning about clairvoyance or clairaudience and moving forward. So with the, Long story the, short. The, the attunement, how does the attunement work? Like I was attuned once, to, I did the level one attunement in person. Awesome. And um, I don't know. Uh, like I do feel like like when I, when I when I try it on my wife, like, like like she feels the heat coming like off of my hands, and it's like too hot for her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like too much. Okay. Um, but I, I I I got the attunement, but I never really utilized it. Um, but is the my question is. Sometimes I question this, is the attunement necessary or does all a person really need is intention? That's a good question. There, there's two camps on that. One, that energy is energy and we're just labeling it. Mm-hmm. So you could say it's kundalini, life force energy, cosmic energy, whatever energy is energy. The other camp is, it's like liquid. There's a big difference between salad dressing and gasoline. So the, the premise with Reiki is there is an energy out there that we can all access, but we don't by default access it. With the attunement, it is therefore connected to you, and then you can effortlessly then pull it, pull it into your being and use it for session or for clearing crystals or whatever you may want, but it's mm-hmm. always there with you. Mm-hmm. And the whole lineage goes back to uh, a sui sensei. So right. yeah, it's uh, just depends on who you ask what they what they believe. But it's it's an interesting debate. Long the, distance Reiki works, so mm-hmm. why wouldn't a long distance attunement work? I've I've tried that too, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Like one of the things that always concerned me was. Uh, when a guy scheduled the attunements, I think I had gotten the time zones wrong. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they worked or not. Well, for me personally, I like having a person in person that I can talk to mm-hmm. because I have a million questions and I want to talk and hear about experiences and do research. <laughs> but um, for some people, yeah, long distance attunements work fine. Um, Reiki is really interesting in the fact that we can send energy without having to connect physically, whether that be in person, not touching someone right. or over a continent or over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've definitely learned that from just talking to different psychics and mediums, you know, that they don't have to be in the same room in order to give like a really good reading. Right. Right. They just pick um, up the energy remotely. So I imagine the energy mm-hmm. could be transferred the same way. Exactly, exactly. 
I, I never thought I would become a healer. It wasn't anything that was in my world. Um, and I don't even really like to use that word. Maybe practitioner is better. But it, um, I was doing tarot readings and I was, you know, doing things like that with, with the energy more so than trying to come along and help somebody with a headache. Mm-hmm. Because I just, not that I didn't think it was possible, I did, but I just wasn't sure how the mechanics worked. The old way of healing was that the healers came along, they laid hands on you or they connected with you long distance and they took the actual ailment into their body and then they processed it. And that didn't sound very appealing to me, to be honest. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I, I did, you know, this was completely different to me, different way of doing things, especially where every time that you give a treatment, you receive one as well. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was really interesting. I run into a lot of people that ask me, why are you still doing Reiki? Because Reiki is an old thing. There's lots of newer stuff. And the reason is because it works. It does work. I, I mean, I have no doubt that after the attunement that the energy in my body feels different. Um, mm-hmm whether it changed my life or changed my consciousness or added any extra abilities or experiencing uh, side effects of happiness or, you know, extra psychic ability, I don't know. You know, you mentioned reading tarot. Like, for example, I've been reading tarot since I was like 12. And I never considered that, though, a psychic ability. I I considered it a, I don't know, a practice, more or less. Or a tool, maybe? Yeah. But well, some people come at the tarot from um, a psychological viewpoint, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's the whole thing of we're going through cycles, personality shifts, and, and things that um, archetypes. So there is that part of it as well. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I always thought of it as, um, as a psychic tool to better. And I still I still practice with the tarot. I get information that way that I don't think I would get in another way, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. So it's just another level, you know, of, yeah. of another tool in the toolbox. For me, when I read tarot, I can see the energy or, or even the characters that are at play around the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily look for always like the definitive outcome. You know, for me, I kind of look at it as like a, a possibility. Um, right, mm-hmm. and that's because things are always changing. I mean, I, I do believe in a certain amount of free will, not a hundred percent free will, but I think people have a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think we have destiny points, maybe, but I think a lot of it is up to us. When I give a reading, I always um, try and reinforce the fact that if you stay on this path, this is what's likely to happen. If you're not happy with the outcome, you have the ability to change it. Yeah, me too. And I, I, I really feel that we do, that, that we do have the ability. Some things, though, like I say, are out of our, our control. Right. For the most part, I think, yeah. And, and the things that are out of our control, I tell, like, like if I do a reading and it just seems like way off, I just automatically assume that um, – that that person's not meant to know certain things, and they have still have to learn certain lessons, and the universe isn't going to give them the workaround. 
Right. I agree. I agree. There's some things we have to unfortunately go through. And um, it's not meant for us to know until we're on the other side of it, whether we would change the outcome and not have the lesson or whether it would impact the, the next course of lessons too. Hmm. So when you lost your husband and then you discovered Reiki, like mm-hmm. what lesson, like, like what was there that made this a real healing, such a big thing for you? Um, I was really, really, really bad off. I was um, broken. Mm-hmm. And um, a friend of mine actually said that it was the making of me. And it's, it's a horrible way to put it, but I think maybe that was the truth. Um, it tore down everything. And um, Reiki came along and helped me rebuild myself in a better way, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um. I think, you know, we, we grow up with misconceptions and things that we would like to change but don't really believe we can. And then when something devastating happens, it's like you really examine your life and examine the path you're on. And then chasing a career really is that important or, you know, trying to attain this, this, this job, this status, this whatever. And you look at things very differently. And um, realizing that life is so short, too. Mm-hmm that chasing things doesn't really make you happy. And we all know that, but until we internalize it, it's still just a concept, you know? So with, with the Reiki, it gave me the building blocks to start the internal healing. And that, that was what the detox was for me. Um, I was really, really sick after the first attunement. And I thought, I can't do this. This is horrible. I was sick for two weeks laying on the couch trying not to throw up and, you know, basically thinking I was going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is some healing modality. Wow. But <laughs> um, after, I, <laughs> after I went through about, um, about 14 days of the detox, um, things started clearing and I started feeling better. And I started coming to terms with some of the things that happened. It wasn't a magic one-off fix, no. I mean, I didn't wake up the next day and I was, you know, in happiness and joy. No. But it allowed me to put one foot in front of the other and keep going, which was, which was a breakthrough for sure. So it got you like functioning again. It did. Yeah. It did. Um, <clears throat> Pardon me. And then I, I, I continued taking classes, mm-hmm. and I was so excited about what I was learning. I, I never thought I was going to practice. I was just doing it for myself. But I would come back town and I began like oh I just learned this check this out this is so amazing and I started showing people and they were like oh my gosh I can feel that oh my gosh I I, my headache is gone oh my gosh you know and then before I knew it people were going hey can you treat me for gout or can you treat me for this or treat me for that and it just kind of spun out from there that's fantastic that it just happened so naturally like that Mm -hmm. and I was in the bible belt so I was somewhat apprehensive Ooh. that people would, um, yeah, would not be open to it, which so now I tell people, you know, if you can do it in the Bible Belt, <laughs> trust me. Um, and I've been very fortunate, too, that um, I've been able to travel with the Reiki and, and meet people all over the world and mm-hmm. do Reiki in Rome. And, you know, it's just it's just been wonderful. Hmm. Yeah, I'm in the Bible, Bible Belt as well. Mm. Um, 
So I'm trying to think of the words to use. Um, once you started practicing the Reiki and you started healing and after, like the detox, actually, let's talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that. Because when I did the Reiki attunement, I really didn't have a detox period. I mean, I wonder if that's already because I had a meditation practice. I don't know. Um, is, is there? Too. I've been meditating since I was 12. That mm -hmm. wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did it wrong. No, no, there's no way to do it wrong. <laughs> it just happens the way it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. But see, even that, me being able to accept that was something that that has happened since Reiki. Um, did you meditate or work with the precepts, such as for just for today, I will not anger? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those are life-changing, too, but we have to apply them. Um, so I went through the detox and tried every day to meditate on the precepts, to sit in the position to do self-reiki, and to own my feelings instead of running away from them. Instead of trying everything I could to distract me from the grief, I sat with it. Right. And that was a that was a game changer. And I think the Reiki gave me the strength and the tools to do that. Hmm. Because in our society, at least in my opinion, I don't think we prepare people for the inevitability of death. Yeah. That, I know I wasn't prepared. That reminds me of, you know, I, I have a book called Enlightenment Guaranteed. And in my book, mm -hmm. I, I tell a story about um, when my first wife had, she had just like kind of just took off on me, like out of nowhere. Oh. And, and, right. and I was like all heartbroken. And, and, and I had a friend that I used to play guitar with and we would jam and stuff. And I was always crying to him about it. And then one day he said to me, he goes, why don't you just go home? And sit in the pain, just let it wash over you, and just completely feel it. And I went home and I and I tried it. And the next day, I woke up and I felt like a new person. Right, right, yeah. I that's 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 it. I I don't think that we're taught to do that. We're taught to keep busy and to push through it by by focusing on something else. Or you know, I, I was really surprised too that people had such an opinion on my grief. Mm -hmm. One camp was, you should be over it now. You should not be talking about him. That's ridiculous. The other camp, yeah. The other camp was, you should talk about him more. That shows you're not over it. And it's like, what? It's two extremes. And I mean, the, the people meant well, but mm -hmm. they too didn't have an idea of what it was like and wanted to help, but didn't know how. Yeah. So um, shifting me to back to my spiritual practice, which, like I said, I have always been able to feel energy. I've always had weird, odd experiences. And I have always done the cards and meditated and done things. Mm -hmm. But it was something that was in the background, not something that was in the forefront. And I think when I really needed it, it came forward. I think it's Dolly Parton that said, or it's attributed to, to her, that she said, um, Religion is for people that are afraid to go to hell, and spirituality is for people that have been there. Right. And I think that that's it. Reiki became my spiritual shift in that way. 
that That's it awesome. was there for me when I needed it in a, in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then years later, I noticed that, yeah, not only did it really help me also kick some bad habits, I was able to quit smoking. <laughs> That's a tough um, one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, it was like, just, okay. Not only did I get that out of it as well, but also it helped me accept things that maybe I wouldn't be so accepting of by just learning to calm down. Hmm. And then as I made room in my life, then other things started happening and my third eye became very, very, very open. And um, yeah, it, it, it was just like a byproduct of the process. That's funny, you know, I think maybe I used Reiki to quit smoking as well without even realizing it. Because when I quit, I would always carry these, I had this like two, I don't know, onyx or some kind of black crystal that I had. I don't know, zinc or onyx or something like that. And I would just carry them. And, and whenever I wanted a cigarette, I would hold them on my hand and try to like transfer like that negative energy into these crystals, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that was kind of how I quit smoking. Which is, yeah, that, that sounds like it. It was definitely a factor. Hmm. Um, was it difficult to quit or was it relatively easy? It was difficult. I mean, I had been smoking from the time I was like, I don't know maybe 13, maybe even younger. I was stealing cigarettes yeah. and stuff. And then I think mm-hmm. I, when I quit, I was probably, I don't know, maybe 37, 38. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that was yeah, how I did it. And, you know, I mean, at, at the time I wasn't attuned to Reiki, but I, I just kind of used those rocks to just keep trying to transfer that, 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 energy of wanting a cigarette to something else mm-hmm. and then i figured once it goes away i would just get rid of them and, and that would be it you know like like throw away my habit with the with the crystals right yeah that's amazing and that's 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 really good a good way of doing it a positive way of doing it as opposed to picking up another habit to replace it which a lot of people do yeah yeah it, it's a tough one um, it is. So, so what is it about Reiki that gives you a spiritual path? Well, okay. To be honest, I think anything can be spiritual if we're uh-huh. awake enough to be mindful in the moment. Washing dishes can be spiritual. Watching children play can be spiritual. Watching the sunset. And I know that sounds kind of like uh, goofy hippie stuff, but really... <laughs> I believe that. I think that when we're awake and we're mindful of what's really going around us, everything is spiritual. The the Reiki for, for me and what I've seen with my students too is that it does slow down some of the internal chatter and gives you a focus point. And then meditating, doing self-Reiki, being in that moment, then you make room for the spirituality in your life to come forward and connect with that energy. Mm-hmm. Do you do any chakra um, meditation? I do. I do. Um, I And Reiki is amazing with balancing the chakras too. 
I have some guided meditations, I think, on the website. Mm-hmm. We're always changing things up and down, but um, yeah, I think there's someone there too. It's, um, I think Reiki also will give you the ability to get back in balance enough then to make better decisions, if you know what I mean. Yes. When we're stressed, when we're tired, when we're overwhelmed and overworked, we don't have the ability to make the best decisions. That's all of us. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's modern life. It is, yeah. But when we get back in balance, we're more likely to go, you know what, I, I think I am going to go to bed at a decent hour, or I think I am going to have only one drink and not three, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. You know, we're not self-medicating. We're not trying to just keep going, pushing forward through this stuff. So Reiki's not a one-off magic shot by any means. You know, it's not the, a magic antidote for everything. But used correctly, it can give the energy back to the body that we've depleted, you know, balance our balance our chakras and we're feeling better and then we can make better decisions from there and move forward from there. So that's a very interesting approach to Reiki. I think a lot of people and even like, like certainly me, I looked at it as this energy healing modality. And that was basically it. I didn't look at it as a way of life of or a way of um self-care and, and that sounds like what you're right. what you're talking about is self-care like um you know mm-hmm. one is the meditating clearing the mind um mm-hmm. taking care of simple things like eating and sleeping and mm-hmm. um not making bad decisions when you're angry or sad and, and then refocusing the energy and and, and, and balancing everything out again mm-hmm. Uh, am I correct on that? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I run into people, like I say, all the time who, who've been attuned to Reiki or, or did practice Reiki but have moved on to something else. And talking to them, it's, you can see the spark is still there, but it's just something that whatever it was they were looking for, it didn't happen initially. And no judgment, been there, done there myself, you know. Mm-hmm. It just didn't happen. So then they... I don't want to say they invalidated it, but maybe, and they just moved on to the, to the next thing. And, and they, you know, I get that too. No judgment. But for me, it just, it was the perfect timing. And so that's how I teach Reiki to my students, that this is not just something you're going to do one, one off. This is basically something that if you, if you commit to it will change your life. And I've seen it happen over and over with them too right but but it seems like like it's not just a reiki that's changed i mean i mean reiki is a part of it but you you sounds like to me you have a bit of a more of a a whole life system for people to kind of look at Mm -hmm. like you're you know the 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 feeling of the emotions the the you add a lot more to like when i took the Reiki classes, it was, okay, here's the chakras, here's the symbols, uh-huh. yeah. We're gonna do, here's the precepts, we're going to do the attunement, and you're going to go home. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that was it, you know, and, I mean, and it gave well, me some printouts. Yeah, right, yeah, that's, um, and it's kind of good and it's kind of, it's kind of bad. I mean, on the one hand, I love the fact that it's not regulated so that everybody can put their own stamp on it and do their own thing. 
And I think that's good. I think we should have that freedom. <clears throat> On the other hand, it's not regulated, so everyone has a different experience. Right. Um, and I tend to, I come from a corporate world, so I tend to overdo things. You know, I've got agendas that Reiki shares. So, um, yeah, I teach Reiki 2 for, it's a 10-day course for Reiki 2. It's immense. Wow. Most yeah, most people I talk to, they're like, yeah, I got attuned over the weekend from Reiki One, Reiki Two, and I'm a master now. What can you do in a week? And it's like, oh my gosh, you have no idea. We do so much, and it's everyone's favorite class. It's incredible, it's intense and grueling, but it's it's fun. Um, so, so how do you do these classes now with COVID? <sighs> yeah, that's that's really been a problem. Um, I really like to do them in person. Because that's just my personality. Like I say, I like that one-on-one being able to talk to somebody. But um, I do do them online as well. Um, Hopefully, by the end of the year, maybe we'll go back to being able to do them in person. Um, How about the psychic part of it? Uh, like, could I do Reiki on myself with just a level one attunement to open my third eye so I can have better intuition to do better interviews? Sure, sure. of course. But you do great interviews now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but sometimes I still get, like, um, I get my lost for words sometimes. Uh, you know, I'm searching for, like, this right, right, the right words or whatever. Um and it would be nice just to be able to really tune into my guest's energy and really pick it up so I know what they want me to ask next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you could, definitely. Um, I would do full body and get the body in balance and then concentrate on the third eye and also the throat mm-hmm. so that you're speaking eloquently. But, I mean, you do. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, like, like with the um, people experience the third eye and psychic phenomena all in different ways. With Reiki, will people experience? Will, ha- will those individuals also experience their psychic abilities in different ways? Like, you know, like some people are clairvoyant, audiovoyant. Um, Cogvoyant. Sentient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all those different things. Right. All, all the C's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that we, we all have like a disposition, such as some people are musicians, some people are, you know, very good at other things. So I think we all have our own disposition. And that's usually what comes on the strongest. Mm-hmm. But then I find with, with Reiki, though, that over time, the especially it's, I've seen it with my students that they're really surprised. They never thought that they were clairvoyant. Let's say they're clairsentient, and then all of a sudden, wow, they're having prophetic dreams and they're able to see things and they're getting information just from walking around the dollar store. And uh, yeah, I think the Reiki works. So, like I say, once we're back in balance, the sky is the limit. Wow. So if if you work on growing your intuitive or psychic abilities. And your energy is not being forced to regulate all of this stress on the body or the bad diet or the fact that, you know, we're self-sabotaging, which we all do. Then you have all that extra energy left 
to work on that, to work on your intuitive abilities. Hmm. Um, one thing that, that my students ask me, this is kind of off the subject, but not, um, generally after about level two, they'll come to me and say something along the lines of, Sarah, Sarah, I was at a restaurant and this happened back when we could go inside and eat. Um, the waiter came up and I felt, saw, insert, you know, what power they have there, that their mother was going to be in a car wreck or something like that. What does this mean? And what should I do? And, you know, why do, why am I being told this? And this is a common thing with Reiki. And it's like, well, you know, you have to make a decision. Are you going to tell someone this? Because think about it from the other side. If you're a waiter just doing your job and somebody blurts out your mom's going to be in a car wreck or somebody's got cancer, would you believe them? Would it be helpful? No, probably not. And also they may, you know, may think you're a kook. Mm -hmm. So, but then again, why are you being shown this information? There has to be a reason because that's what we always assume. I think of it more like once you get to that level to, to attuned and you're actually out there working with the energy, it's like driving down the freeway and seeing billboards. They may say, you know, exit 13 has barbecue. The next one has clean bathrooms. It doesn't really mean anything. You're not looking for barbecue or a clean bathroom, mm -hmm. but the information's there if you want it. So I think that is what a big shift that happens. We always are reading energy. We're yeah. always gathering information, but it's, it's an intuitive thing that's in the background, like mm -hmm. listening to traffic. We're not focused on it, so we're not really paying attention to it. Yes, I heard a car go by, but I don't really consciously know that I heard a car go by. When, when we work with the third eye and we work with the Reiki energy, then we're, we're becoming more aware of these subtle messages. Yes. And then they, they become loud messages. Mm -hmm. So did that kind of help some? It helped a whole lot, you know, because that was actually going to be my follow-up question is like, is that information and energy always there, but we're just not paying attention to it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I know that if um, if I'm working on the, with people on the table and I go for lunch and I'm, you know, trying to pick up some lunch, I am likely to to get oh, this person has leukemia. This person is, you know, this person has a migraine and I have to like back off from that. But when I'm treating someone, it's good to know that it's good to have that information. Oh, you have, you know, you broke your ankle when you were 16, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. but the information is there regardless. <clears throat> so when you're doing Reiki on somebody, can you like scan their bodies and pick up what kind of ener uh, energies they have and where you need to focus the healing on? Um, yes and no. As you know, the, the coolest thing about Reiki, I think, is that it is intelligent energy. So you're not required to get a medical degree. Basically, all you really have to do is send energy and the body, which is way smarter than we are and way smarter than we give it credit, will take the energy and put it where it needs to go. So it's not like you really have to approach it and go, oh, you broke your ankle. Let me break you your ankle. You can, of course, but the energy will go where it's supposed to. Um, personally, yeah, I get, I get weird information sometimes. I may be able to feel digestion that somebody just had a big lunch more so than a medical problem or right. sometimes it's it i think it depends a lot too on what issue the person is facing at that moment hmm. if they're 
thinking about or struggling with a a problem that's going to be more on the surface than that they broke their ankle when they were, you know, a teenager or something. So it just varies. Okay. I try not to be intrusive too, Uh but I can't read people's minds or or anything like that. Right. So you just set, send the energy and let the energy find the problems and do its job and not spend much time on diagnosing something. No, and, and the whole thing with Reiki, too, is we never diagnose. Um, that, that's not our job. And Reiki works well with um, Western medicine, too. It, it's um, something where I, I always tell new clients, if you break your arm, go to the ER. Do not come see me. Go to the ER, get it set, and then come see me. Mm-hmm. And we'll work on, on speeding up the healing and managing pain. So how does a person know that Reiki is real and not like a placebo effect? Um, well, when they feel it, um, they see the changes in their life. Yeah. Um, yeah. For some people, it's really subtle. It's um, like a whisper almost. I mean, really, really subtle. I think television has this trained that okay, you're going to lay on the table, the lights are going to flash, you're going to levitate, there might be a chicken involved, you know, it's going to be something crazy. (laughs) And it's like, no, generally it's not. But the people do feel, most everyone feels something. And depending on how sensitive they are or where they're at in their head, too, they, they may feel a lot. I mean, when people come to me for a session and go, okay, what can I expect? I'm honest. I don't know. I've had people that were grieving come to me and end up, you know, I would have bet money that they would have cried the entire session, but they've ended up laughing and just laughed for an hour straight. I've had other people that come in for like a toothache and end up crying. You just never can tell what's going to happen, but that's the beauty of it. You get the release or you get the, this, the healing that you need without anybody micromanaging it. Mm-hmm. It just, it just happens. So, so what, so it, okay, go ahead. It, 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 that was a, a tough thing for me too, to mm-hmm. step back and realize, okay, one, I am not doing any of this and I'll own that. I'm not. The energy is way smarter than I am and just trust that it will work out for the best. In the beginning, that's really tough. Because it's like, am I doing a disservice? I should know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And here we are, you know, a decade later, and I'm like, still don't know what's happening. It'll work out the way it's supposed <laughs> to, but I can accept it now. <laughs> right. right. It's kind of like the same thing with the tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how would, like, with the attunements, um, I mean... Why can't we just attune everybody on the planet and just heal the entire planet with the energy that way? That's a good question, too. What about free will? Right. And what about, who am I to judge whether you need healing or not? Whether, where, you know, where am I on my path compared to you or to your neighbor? Mm-hmm. And if I interfere, I'm taking away lessons. And they may be good lessons and they may not be, but still, they're your lessons. They're your neighbor's lessons. 
Could could somebody who doesn't want to be attuned be attuned? Um, I think it's possible. Yes, I don't think it's ethical, but I, I think it's possible. Um, are there people that you don't that you can't attune because they're not ready? Um, I want to say yes that, that that's likely. I've never had that come up though. But I mean, I don't go around knocking on doors either and going, "Hey, you want to write you too?" <laughs> they they have to come to me, um, <laughs> and I don't always take every student either. Mm-hmm. So, so, so um, when you don't take, is it like what are some of the red flags, like to make you say, like, "Well, I, this person doesn't feel like it doesn't feel right." Well, okay, this is this is going to be you're putting me on the spot here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my one of my Native American teachers many, many years ago told me, Sarah, it doesn't matter what brings somebody to the path as long as they come to the path. Stop right. judging it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of validity. That's very valid. But um, for me, if I think somebody's coming because they think this is a good way to make money or this is some kind of easy way they can run a scam or pick up girls or something like that, I will probably put them on a wait list and not not put them in a class immediately. And that's me being judgy, I know, but I'll own that. Um, I have seen people that maybe came for the wrong reason go through the classes, and generally what happens is either they leave because it's not what they thought, mm-hmm. or it it starts a transformation in them and they find that, you know, this is not a good way to hypnotize people and get them to give you money. This is, I mean, nobody comes to the healing path to get rich, let's be honest. <laughs> but some, some people think that, you know, it, it is a valid way to, to become wealthy and it. Yeah. Right. So, um, hmm. I just forgot my my next question. <laughs> uh, when we're when you're doing, where was I going? I was going somewhere with this. And I completely forgot. You know when this happens. I don't know what I was going to say. Because I wasn't meant to say it. <laughs> um. So with with the Reiki. I was going somewhere about about the um against the will will thing. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I was going somewhere, but now I forget what. (laughs) Well, there is an ethical point because people do ask me, okay, I can do long distance Reiki. Mm -hmm. Can you send Reiki to my daughter's cousin or something like that? You know, can to my neighbor because she was in a wreck, or can you send Reiki to um the side of um, a disaster can you do that and it's like yeah we can do that should we do that that's an ethical question uh-huh. normally we don't send reiki to anyone that doesn't request it hmm. but some the, people believe it's okay to, it's okay to send it uh-huh. but that the other person can refuse it which is true but the energy does have its own intelligence to it so it'll know whether that person wants to receive exactly. it or not correct so exactly. if you yeah. if you send it and that person doesn't want to receive it, it's probably not going to be um, transmuted to them. Right, right. 
Um, I think as a default, just about every Reiki master sends energy by default to any type of disaster. We all do. Mm-hmm. We all do. And it's, it's, we file that under that. If it wasn't meant to be, then the energy won't do anything. Right. But it's the least that we can do. If we can help, we try to. In Buddhism, there's a practice called Tonglen, where you, mm-hmm. um, you know, take like a, like, like for example, like a, a disaster, and you try to absorb some of that negative energy and send out positive energy in that direction. Uh, can you do that with Reiki as well? Um, we don't pull, well, yeah, that's a good question. We don't normally pull out negative stuff. We just send, we just send mm-hmm. energy and then it does what it's supposed to do, whether that is healing or whether that is, um, drawing out the negative or suppressing the pain or, or whatever it does, it's, you know, it's going to do it, but we don't normally rake you something to, to pull it out. I mean, it can happen, but it's not usually done with that intention. Right. We Reiki. Um, it's it's like going to the to the supermarket and walking down the vitamin aisle. We can Reiki the vitamins. Mm-hmm. So there's that question about ethics then too. Should we? Because we're we're raking them, so we're empowering them to do only good. Yeah. So you come along. the The thought is, you come along and go, okay. Instead of going to my normal CVS, I'm going to this CVS. And maybe it's because you know on a, on an energetic level, these have been cleaned and programmed. So some people do that because they think it's a good way to give back. And other people don't do it because they think it's interfering with free will. Mm-hmm. So you have, to, you have to come to terms with it. Have you explored any of the... Uh any connections like between like Reiki and quantum physics? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I love physics. Um, I, I think, like I said, we don't know anything. We don't even know the questions to ask when it comes to energy and vibration and physics. And it's just trying so many ways to, to understand the possibility of different dimensions and different outcomes and how we're all connected and how one thing can change so many different realities and outcomes is just fascinating. Mm-hmm. With you know, with Reiki too, we send we can send energy to the future as well as the past. So when I, I teach this in class, the first reaction most students have is, oh my God, we're not supposed to do that because that's the butterfly effect and dinosaurs and oh my gosh, you know, because that's what television teaches us. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> we interfere with things all the time. So if you were, let's say, in a car wreck mm-hmm. and say you hurt your hip and it's been bothering you five years later, if we could send Reiki to it, you're still going to be in the car wreck. But maybe the amount of the inner energy used to heal you won't be necessary because your injuries will not be as devastating. Right. So... We are affecting the future, and we are affecting the past always. Hmm. Do you think, um, you know, like what I find, what I find interesting in quantum physics is that everything is energy, and it's very, like matter itself is kind of sketchy because it's almost all emptiness, but yet we perceive everything as like this solid, real reality. 
And um, mm-hmm. and one of the theories that I particularly like is like the holographic reality type of theory mm-hmm. where everything is just mm-hmm. information and energy yeah. can taking on right. different forms. In, in that type of model, I think Reiki can be very powerful. Um, ha- have you oh, ever right. thought of like utilizing it in that type of way of like manifesting reality? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's not something that most Reiki people do, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in manifestation and I'm a big believer in, um, basically we send energy out and request things all the time. Most people go through the day requesting, wanting, wishing things constantly and the universe tries to bring it to them and then they swat it away, mm-hmm. but we change the outcome all the time by doing that too, by, you know, we change the weather, we change everything. Do we have, I think that, well, I think too, that a lot of things are what they are because we agree they are. We agree that the world looks like this. We agree that that's a door or that's a doorknob. Mm -hmm. We agree that when you get up, this is what's supposed to happen in the day. But what happens when we stop agreeing? Exactly. You does does start, it just fall you know, apart? It, well, if enough people agreed, I think it would. Because we are shifting our perception of reality, and therefore we are shifting on a quantum level reality. Right. I mean, you, you know all the, the, the research done on the prayer circles and the meditation circles in neighborhoods of mm-hmm. people getting together and, and meditating and the crime rate going down. When, yes. you, when you look at the two, they're not interrelated. It's not like there was a big sign that said, we're going to be doing meditation for a week and we're going to try and bring the crime level down. Don't commit crimes. I mean, come on. But yet the science is there showing that the people getting together and meditating shifted the crime rate. Hmm. They shifted the reality. Um, so, with your experience with with uh, clients and doing attunements and healings, what are some of the most surprising things that you've have have had happen to you or to your clients? Oh, that's a good one, and that's I, I like to talk about this too because it's a lot of a lot of fun stuff have happened. Um, and and like I say, I never know what's going to happen. Um, the the stuff that's the most dramatic is the stuff, of course, you can see where someone comes in and um, Bell's palsy. I had a woman that came in with Bell's palsy, which is where one side of her face is frozen. Mm-hmm. She went to the ER thinking she had a stroke and, you know, she didn't, they did all the tests and the, the doctor diagnosed her with, you know, it's one of those things and it'll shift when it shifts. We can give you some meds, but we really don't know when. So, um, a friend of hers sent her to me and said, maybe Sarah can help you. And I said, I don't know, you know, um, get on the table and we'll see. And um, she, she had an hour long Reiki session with me and about 45 minutes in, I saw it lift, but I didn't say a word. I just kept going and we were talking and, you know, it was just a normal session. And she got off the table and she was pretty happy and she wasn't thinking about it or anything. And, um, At that time in our lobby, we had a little bit of jewelry and and crystals and stuff out there. And so she was looking at it and uh, she's like, oh, these earrings are so pretty. And I'm like, would you like a mirror so you can you can see them? And she's like, well, I don't want to try them on if I don't buy them. Like, it's okay. Here, take this mirror. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) She did. And she took the mirror and she saw and she cried. 
yeah, that that was that was pretty astounding. Um, That's incredible. And it didn't come back. Yeah, it didn't come back. Um, I've had people come in because they were about to have um, knee replacement surgery and get off the table, and I have to tell them no line dancing in the parking lot. Um, so that that happens. Um, mobility. Mm-hmm. The Reiki really will help with mobility. Um, so yeah, pretty much I've treated just about everything really. And like I say, it's not an antidote. There are some conditions that are not salvageable because they've gone too long or they are what they are. But a lot of people that are in chronic pain, um, I've had people with fibromyalgia that were bedridden. Um, I do house calls occasionally if it's, if it's a client that I know pretty well. I went out to see one and I took a student with me and they were a Reiki two, I think at that level. So they're just basically out there with me kind of observing and Reiki the woman. And um, then she got up and toured us around the house and tried to make us dinner. And it's like her daughter was there going, I can't believe you're up mom. What's going on? So that was, that was pretty, pretty amazing. We've had cancer going through remission, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know that it was the Reiki. It was probably other things as well, but maybe mm-hmm. Reiki played a part in it. So it's, um, yeah, you know, the stuff you can see, like I say, is pretty amazing. But also the mental shift in people like me with the grief. Um, I've had quite a few survivors like that or, or people with PTSD who are really struggling, really, right. really struggling. The Reiki works really well with that too. Interesting. So, yeah. How, how, how do you, you feel about like Western medicine? Do you think Western medicine falls short because it doesn't recognize the energy system? Uh, the, or do you, I mean, do, or do you think the, the, the two types of uh, treatments work good together? Well, um, I think that energy medicine in general, Reiki, which is energy medicine, but other types, as well, generally treat the whole person, not just the symptoms. Yeah. Where Western medicine generally focuses on the symptoms. You have a headache, take an aspirin. Not why do you have a headache? So, um, it's yeah. I I'm not fond of that, but I think that medicine has come a long way, and every day there's a breakthrough. So, I'm not saying don't ever go to the doctor. No, of course, definitely go to the doctor. Um, but I think that people should also be taught that they're very responsible or should be responsible for being their number one health advocate. It's not in someone else's hands whether or not you're going to be healthy. It's in your hands. And Western medicine, I don't think, really teaches people that. that and also how much your mental situation, how much your stress, how much your diet really impacts your health. But um, I think Reiki works very well. It's considered um, complementary medicine as opposed to alternative. So you don't just do Reiki and don't, you know, go, go to the doctor. They're used together. Right. And there's over, I think, 65 hospitals in America that offer Reiki, that have a Reiki person on staff. Mm-hmm. And I know in England, too, there are several hospice situations where they have a hospice um, in hospice where they have a Reiki master on staff to treat hospice clients as well as um, the hospice workers too. Wow. Yeah, the, the, the person who attuned me 
Uh, that's what she did. She was a, a host. She would do Reiki on, on hospice patients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That takes a special person. That's yeah. That takes a special person. Yeah, that's actually one of the times too that I actually tried using it for that too, when my mom was getting ready mm-hmm. ready to pass away. Mm-hmm. Did you find it? It helped. I think so. Yeah, it did because yeah. it was peaceful. I, yeah. Right, right. I think it shifts the energy a lot. I, I've done it with both of my parents, too, when they pass. Um, it, it, it doesn't change the situation normally, right. but it takes a lot of the fear away, which is a, is a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that by, by itself is... I don't know if there's anything more profound than Mm -hmm. taking away the fear of death. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, can't even really explain that one. At least I can't. Um, With the P, like you mentioned PTSD and some of the emotional uh, healing. Mm -hmm. When you do that type of work with a client, do you talk to them or do you just you do like a regular session. Well, and this is me and I'm only speaking about me and the mm-hmm. Reiki I teach because everybody approaches it differently, but I'll, I'll tell you my, my deal and how I teach my students. Um, when someone comes to me for PTSD, I put them on the table and we do a regular Reiki session and we talk and I talk to them about mental, emotional healing, which there's, which as you know, there's a special symbol for that too. And if they think they want to pursue it, I tell them, go home after this session, wait about a week or so and decide. So they come back generally, and then we, we talk it through. And I think it's my responsibility or whoever is doing the mental emotional to let the person know what's going to happen or what could happen. Often it triggers a breakdown. It triggers you're in the shower crying or you're driving to school crying and the person needs to know that that's normal, that this can happen, and that you're there for them. Mm-hmm. So I always let them know I will be holding space, and also I will be available if you need to call me. And this is not, you know, yeah, and I'm going to charge you for a phone call. It's none of that crap. It's about I'm I'm here for you during the course of this. So it's, it's a big endeavor. But um, it, we've had really good luck with it. That's really beautiful, though. You know that 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 approached because because with that type of when people experience trauma, it, it doesn't go away overnight. It is a process, and yeah. you don't know when that breakthrough or whatever you want to call it is, is going to happen. And that's awesome that you would want to be there for them and let them call you. You know when they have that experience. Well, yeah, I think it's our responsibility because we're in this healing with them. I mean, obviously your healing depends on you. I'm, I'm just a tool. That's all I am. But it is my responsibility. And I think my moral obligation not to do something like that and just go, okay, see you next month. You know, I mm-hmm. think morally we're obligated to be there for each other anyway. But then especially for our clients. What role does compassion, kindness, and love play in Reiki? 
Oh, it's the basis, I think. I mean, like the precepts. You know, today I'll do my best. Today I will not anger. You know, you you become more compassionate in, in dealing with people and, and seeing the pain, seeing what they're holding on to, seeing the physical struggles that they go through. Often I'm really surprised at the amount of pain that people carry. And they, they do a good job of hiding it. You get them on the table and you can either feel it physically like rheumatoid arthritis, or you can feel it mentally, you know, mm-hmm. heartbreak, trauma. And it takes, yeah, it takes a lot of compassion to work with people and meet them where they are. And the Reiki does that. It encourages that in, in all of the people, both the practitioner as well as the client too, I think, because that's the other thing is finding compassion for yourself. That could be a tough one for some people. I know sometimes it's a tough one for even for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, society, mm -hmm. we're not supposed to be compassionate to ourselves. Just get up and push (laughs) through it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're just taught to to, to fight our way through things, not to really, be good to ourselves and and try to even like be understanding with myself. You know, right. it's almost like I'm taught to beat myself into submission just to get through something. Right. And I've seen that. I've seen that with people both at the gym thinking that, you know, they're going to tear their muscles down to rebuild them and they end up on the ranking table because they're, they can't move or whether it's like, this is a, this is something wrong with them because they are, they're feeling broken because of life events. Mm-hmm. And it's like anyone should be feeling what you're feeling. And just, sometimes just validating people's feelings go a long way in healing too. And, yes. and creating a safe space where people can, can talk. Um, I think we can use meditation, Reiki, energy healing, mindfulness, affirmations for awakening our higher selves, which are, you know, it's not something that we're striving to be. It's who we are. Mm-hmm. And with that, learn to own our actions, learn to choose love over pain and compassion. And remember that, you know, you don't have to suffer. You don't have to, you don't have to be this, whatever it is that, you know, society tells you, you, you should be to be successful, that you're allowed to heal. It sounds simple, but it's not. Right. It it is. It, it takes effort. Um, mm-hmm, it does. It's it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's healing and working on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> you know, especially in this life, this life is always traumatizing. <laughs> anyway, just to begin with. <laughs> right. How how do you think? Um. You know, you mentioned that you you've been in the Bible Belt and started practicing mm-hmm. here. Do you do you think Reiki comes from God or some angelic force, or do you look at it from a more of a scientific view? And, and how do you explain well, it to people that 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 are hardcore, you know, believers in God or or Christianity or mm-hmm. whatever religion it is? Mm-hmm. Um, what I generally tell people is it's universal life force energy. And for some people, that is God. For mm-hmm. some people, that is the angelic realm. For some people, that is scientific 
study of, you know, physics. And it doesn't actually matter what you call it or label it. It just is, and it works. So I try to meet meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. There is no religious dogma with Reiki. You know, you don't have to be whatever to, to do it. And there is no requirement that you then, you know, go to church or don't go to church or worship this deity or, or whatever. So anybody anywhere can do Reiki. Right. Do you... I, I was actually surprised at how open-minded people were. And I think a lot of that was they were seeing results and their friends were seeing results and talking about them. In, in my world, we don't continue to do things that don't work, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and that that goes back to the tarot. If it didn't work, people wouldn't do it anymore. Same thing with astrology. If there wasn't some basis there, people wouldn't be doing it. Right. Um, so how about you personally? Where do you think the energy is coming from? I'm... Okay, that you put me on the spot there, didn't you? I think it's universal life force energy. I think it's the energy that is the 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 Tao, the way, the just it, it is. Mm-hmm. It is what it is that is unnameable because it is everywhere and everything. I agree. I, I tend to take a Taoist point of view with that too. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. It is something that is so massive and so everywhere that it is indescribable and to, you can't even really put it into words. No, I so, think putting it into words yeah. doesn't do it justice. No. Or even the idea to think that I'm intelligent enough to understand it doesn't do it justice. Right. Like I say, I, I don't think that we're we're evolved enough to even ask the right questions. But I think we're moving forward. Yeah, and I think we are are learning and, and evolving, mm-hmm. but um, we're still we're still at you know pre K level. So <laughs> <laughs> I I'm always suspicious when someone comes up and says it only happens on a Thursday when you do this on this day and you must do, you know and they've got all the answers. It's like, but we don't even know the questions. Mm-hmm. How could it be so compartmentalized and so detailed? But you know, like I say, I'm a skeptic too. So. Um, one of the things that, you know, if you've ever read tarot, I'm going to, usually when I talk to people who read tarot cards, I kind of assume that they have some familiarity with like ceremonial magic. Do you think that the energy that, that, that ceremonial magicians or any type of occultist magician use is basically the same energy that uh, Reiki practitioners are using? That's a good question. That that goes back to, is it, you know, is energy all the same or is mm-hmm. it like gasoline and salad? Yeah, or, or is it just a different um, vibration levels? Is it Right. Um, my teachers always taught me to stay away from rituals because mm-hmm. rituals are things that trap us, basically. Um, for some people, they're taught that rituals or ceremonies are how we build power that we don't have power that we make power through doing this ceremony whether it be on the full moon or you know whatever 
Um, my teachers didn't believe that. They were like, no, you know, the energy comes from diligence and intention. But right. that's just what I was taught. That we all have the ability. It's just like, you know, are you going to encourage it and grow it? Or are you going to, you know, go over here and do something else? Or are you going to work on music, for instance? Uh-huh. If if we all have the energy, and um, that, that you know, it's always like the, the attunement thing. Like, is there a difference? Like, for example, the healing energy of giving a person a hug to make them feel better. How, how is that different than doing Reiki, or is it the same thing? Because of the intention well, is the same. Too. Because your intention exactly. is to make that person feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. They did, um, they've done several scientific studies about the difference in the um, doing nothing, you know, the placebo effect, doing prayer and doing Reiki. And the studies have shown placebo scored about what they thought it would. Um, prayer did more than they thought it would, but mm-hmm. Reiki taught them all. So what does that tell us? I mean, was it just because the Reiki people had more intention? But I mean, I'm sure the people praying had good intentions too, right. and a lot of strong intentions. So, uh, yeah, there's variables too. I think that you can intend something, and depending on your focus, yeah, you, you can move mountains. But also, you can use tools like Reiki to up your intention as well, you know? Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? <laughs> it it does. I uh I, I think maybe that's one of the things though that sometimes like um with prayer might be overlooked is that mm-hmm. uh I think a lot of people will just say a prayer and it and it ends there. I, I think with Reiki mm-hmm. though, you're consciously directing energy towards something. Mm-hmm. Which towards is something which is different. It's, it's more focused. Mm-hmm. It has a it has a better target, and it's coming from somewhere and is going for, going somewhere. Where with prayer, you're just kind of just throwing out, you know, please give me this favor, you know, give me ten bucks or whatever, so I can get some gas, right? You know, right, exactly. So it's more random, right? Well, but I mean, there's also the manifestation. I mean, there there are people that are able. I see manifestation miracles all the time. Um, where people have just, you know, gotten clear on what they wanted and told the universe and gone about their way. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, this wonderful thing has happened. They've brought it into their lives. There are people that use Reiki with, with the manifestations quite well, too. Mm-hmm. As the secret sauce, so to speak. So could I use Reiki to get a new top for my Jeep so it doesn't leak anymore? I gotta try that. My wife keeps complaining. Or you could rake the old one. <laughs> you could rake the old one and see if it would, you know, do better. But you could also <laughs> send it out to the universe. Yeah, yeah. You could you could send send it out with Reiki that you know you needed one, and then mm. voila, probably one will show up. It would maybe, but I think that sort of takes me back to my intention issue. I kind of like the leak. Because mm-hmm. it happens in the passenger seat, yeah. so it always drips on my wife's head, and I think it's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, well, can Reiki be used for negative purposes, like voodoo? No, that's no, no. And voodoo is a religion. It's not. There's a lot more than just yeah, you know, zombies. So that's a discredit to them. But um, no, that's one thing we always teach is that Reiki cannot be used to do any type of harm. Um, what I personally believe and what I teach is that Reiki and martial arts energy are the thing. If it was just physical strength, we could all like go to the gym and punch through those bricks, right? Right. But it is more than that. Reiki is the healing end of it. And on the other end of the spectrum is the breaking part of it. So you've mm -hmm. got a mending and then a breaking. You've got the whole, the whole spectrum. So Reiki's on one side and martial arts is on the other, but it's the same energy. Hmm. Can you use Reiki with other systems like acupuncture? Sure, sure. Are, are they sort of the same thing? Are, are they using, like the meridians, for example? Is, is that something right, that's also... we have also, meridians in Reiki? Yeah. Yeah, we, have, yeah. we, um, we send energy. We treat the chakras, which are... Um, the energy centers of the body, mm -hmm. and then we also work on the meridian. But you can also not know anything about either and do Reiki. It's not required. I mean, some people will teach you in school. I teach about them, but, you know, I overkill it a little. <laughs> but um, some people don't. Mm -hmm. Reiki works good with just about anything, whether it is sound therapy, crystals, um, aromatherapy, acupuncture, acupressure. It's been really effective too in like post-op for recovery, um, lessening pain and speeding recovery after surgery. We do normally, it's like if you knew you were going to have say your gallbladder removed, um, we would treat you probably a week before surgery to get your body balanced as best we could. And then you would go in, have the surgery, and then after you're out, do Reiki. There are some Reiki masters that work um, in hospitals just for that. Right. For post-op. Um, because it's, yeah, oh, it's healing ahead. and it's also working on the meds and also the, the, um, the anesthesia to get that out of the body as well. Interesting. I love that anesthesia, actually. <laughs> I can't get enough of that stuff. Dreamer, are you? You like to dream, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, the last time I had it, I think it was like the, the propanol. I was like, as soon as I woke up, like I wanted more. <laughs> um, well, hmm? when, when you practice Reiki, do you ever get what we call Reiki drunk? Where no. the energy just flows and you're just loopy? No, I got to try that. How do I do that? I want to be loopy. <laughs> it's just a side effect. Uh, usually 30 minutes or so of, of really intense Reiki will do it. And uh, yeah, that's why if I have a new client, I've got to have them early in the morning, not in the afternoon. Because if I've, I've treated three people, I'm just like, <laughs> sure, come on in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can I, can I achieve that I'm, like by doing it on myself for like oh, yeah. a long yeah. period of time? Uh, 30 minutes probably 30 good. minutes yeah. I'm going to mm -hmm. try that after this episode to see if I can get that effect okay yeah 
How about um, me? How about mediumship? Can Reiki be okay. used for that? What about mediumship? Can Reiki sure. be used sure. to, for mediums? Yeah, a lot of mediums are um, are Reiki people. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How does that work? Like, like is it work, is it is it, is it, is it yeah like like is, does the Reiki open up the third eye and then the person is able to do mediumship, or is the mediumship or is like the messages actually coming through the Reiki energy itself? Well, I think um, part of it is whatever your natural talent is. As I said before, it will strengthen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are naturally mediums, so it strengthens that and it makes it a lot easier for them to get the information, connect to the other side, and bring it forward. I've seen them check into Reiki before they begin. Um, there are some people that do mediumship that way by going to the other side, and there are some people that do mediumship by working with their guide and having their guide just relay the information. And Reiki makes it easier to connect with your guides, whether they be spirit guides or spirit animals or um, angelic beings. Hmm. Um, how about throwing energy Reiki balls at people? Is that unethical? <laughs> I remember reading that somewhere. Like, you know, like if you get that energy uh, ball between between your palms and you just throw it at somebody. Well, it depends, you know, what your intention too is. I mean, is it a healing <laughs> bomb or is it a Naruto thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um you know, the ethics of it are probably, uh, yeah, you should ask before you do it. We do that in class. We make the balls and throw them back and forth. Uh-huh. So that's a lot of fun. It's interesting because you do feel it between your palms. You do. You do. It's the, it's the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can really feel them spinning, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, huh. Amazing. Um. So before we wrap this up, where can my listeners find you? Okay, I am all over the interwebs. Um, you can find me at serenityreikiclinic.com. You can find me at YouTube, Serenity Reiki. Um, I think Serenity Reiki Clinic. You can find me basically all over social media. And um, also sarahparkerthomas.com. Great. And, I will, and the books are... Yeah, the books are for sale mm-hmm. everywhere, basically. And I have some interesting new energy stuff coming out later in the year, too. Oh, fantastic. And hopefully ho- hopefully, we can go to a retreat or do some um, classes in person at the end of the year. I'm, I'm hopeful. Can Ricky cure COVID? Um, well, we're not supposed to say we can cure anything, are we? Oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> Well, COVID didn't kill me, so okay, there you go. You had it. <laughs> I did. I had something. Yeah, I had. I had it too. Mm-hmm. All right. Congratulations on surviving. <laughs> I think I was probably one of the first people. I had it like January of last year. Yeah, I did, I did too. Like way earlier than than they said it was around. But mm-hmm. but I know it wasn't the flu because I had already had the flu shot. It was weird. Yeah, I, I had it too. Um, we, I, I have a client who um, actually works at the ER in Albuquerque, and they were, they were getting, they were getting a lot of bizarre cases of people coming in, but it wasn't the flu. So yeah, 
Mm-hmm. It was here as well, too. Yeah. Well, this was fun. So, yeah, it, um, it, it was. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, anytime. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime you want. When you come out with some new books or whatever, just shoot me an email and I'll okay. have you back to promote it. And cool, I will, I'll do that. And I will also that. post links to your website, your YouTube, and uh, to your books on Amazon in the notes oh, of this episode. So my listeners will be able to check you out and check out your services uh, while they're listening. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Great. Thank you for being on. Thanks. Ricky Blessings. You too. And just hang on one second while I play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.